Welcome to Mindful with Mina, where we explore how mindfulness can enhance your relationships and well-being. I'm your host, Mina B, a licensed social worker, mental health educator, and author. Through insightful discussions, I will guide you towards self-awareness and self-efficacy, empowering you to effectively manage your relationships, reduce burnout, and be more present with yourself. So let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to episode one of my podcast. I have been waiting for this moment. And what I mean by that is literally for maybe the last two to three years, I've been debating on starting a podcast. But now I am in a space where I have really been craving creating long form content. And so here we are. I figured why not start now. For those of you who may not know me, my name is Mina B. I'm a licensed social worker, mental health educator, and author of the book Owning Our Struggles. And I have been releasing content on social media, primarily Instagram since 2014, which is when I graduated from New York University with my master's in social work to pursue therapy. And so since then, Instagram has been my main platform and it's been wonderful. I started that platform because I wanted to create mental health resources to help one, destigmatize mental health in society, destigmatize mental health in the black community, and two, because I also know as a therapist how inaccessible therapy is. However, fast forward, it's been years and I'm really craving a space where I can have more nuanced conversations because let's be real, you can't really do that on Instagram. (laughs) Um, And so here we are, here we are at episode one of the Mindful with Mina podcast where I just really wanted to create a space where we can continue the conversation and move it from Instagram to a platform where I could really get into the nuances of the things that I want to talk about. Nothing in life is ever really that black and white. And so how can we exist in the gray and how can we talk about things that exist in the gray area? So that leads us to today's episode because I want to talk to you about community here. As I shared, I'm a licensed social worker. Um, and in the social work program, we spend a lot of time focusing on community on a micro level, which is the relationship level with individuals, but on a macro level and understanding how our mental health is influenced by society as well as our environment. And that is something that I've been passionate about since I graduated grad school. And so I continued to focus primarily on community care in my practice, but also in the work that I do. And so some of you may be familiar with my book, Owning Our Struggles, but for those of you who are not familiar with it, I released a book titled Owning Our Struggles, A Path to Healing and Finding Community in a Broken World on August 22nd, 2023. And the core premise of my book is how to heal from trauma through community care and really helping people understand that relationships are generally the place where ruptures take place, but relationships are also the place where healing takes place. And so how can we really learn how to engage in we-focused healing. What is we-focused healing? Well, 
Think about when you go to therapy for those of you who have been in therapy or for those of you who have a general understanding of the therapeutic relationship, even though you have not necessarily seen a therapist, maybe you have a friend who's going to therapy or you've read up about therapy, you kind of have an idea of what to expect if you were to join. And in therapy, generally a person who has been wounded and has been dealing with some dysfunction or difficulty in their life will seek treatment so that they could do their own healing work, so that they could understand the ruptures that took place in their relationship and focus on how they can heal. However, my belief is that traumatized bodies have the potential to traumatize other bodies. So in the midst of a person doing all of this healing work in therapy, trying to understand the different ways people harm them and healing from that, sometimes we don't realize that when we were existing in a traumatized state, when we were not in a healing or therapeutic space, we may have caused other people harm. And so I focused healing is when I spend a lot of time focusing on my own healing, where we focused healing means I'm focusing on my healing, but I'm also extending that to the people around me to pay more attention to the type of person I am when I show up in my relationships and my contribution to my relationships to ensure that I'm holding myself accountable in my relationships, to ensure that I'm being a thoughtful friend, partner, even colleague or supervisor. It's about recognizing that we don't heal to exist in a vacuum. We heal to learn how to integrate into community and develop safe healthy relationships. So I wanted to use this episode to break down community care um, because I believe community care is essential for growth, evolving, healing, because relationships are essential for growth and evolving. And I find that, you know, I have these conversations with people all the time where they'll say, Mina, well, what is community care? And I don't believe that community care Um, has one specific definition. I believe community care is a framework. And I follow the circle of support framework to break down community care. And that is what I want to talk to you about today. So at the core of community care is a particular model that helps us understand the relationships that we engage in in order to thrive. Community care acknowledges that Individuals thrive when we have strong connections and relationships with others, but also when we have a supportive social infrastructure because our well-being is also tied to our environment. So this is a moment where you might want to pull out a pen and I want you to start jotting things down as I break down the circle of support model And how this can provide a healthy framework of what community care is. And for you to reflect and ask yourself, well, is community care something that I'm practicing? And if it's not something I'm practicing, how can I be better at it? So the first thing I want to break down within our circle of support is our circle of intimacy. This innermost circle represents the closest relationships we have, such as family members, partners, and close friends. These are the people who provide us with emotional support, love, and care. There is reciprocity in these relationships along with trust and vulnerability. Okay, y'all? Reciprocity, trust, vulnerability, emotional support, 
psychological safety. These are the core things that you will find in your circle of intimacy. Now, you heard me say family earlier. Well, here's the reality. Sometimes our family system is not safe. Therefore, you can create your chosen family. It is okay if you realize, you know what, Mina, as you talk about circle of intimacy and say things like reciprocity and trust and safety, I don't get that from my family. And so I want you to think about who you get this from because our intimate relationships are the relationships that help us flourish. They're the relationships where we can come into these spaces and feel seen and feel heard and know that we are going to be nourished when we're around this person and we're going to be loved regardless of the mistakes that we make when these people are going to love on us and uplift us as individuals. And so when you think about your circle of intimacy, I want you to think about three people that you think may fit in this particular domain. Now let's move on to the second domain, which is your circle of friendship. Moving outward, this circle includes our wider network of friends and acquaintances. These are the individuals who offer companionship, social support, and a sense of belonging. A core thing that I believe is that friendship falls on a spectrum. And it's so important to move through life with this ideology because the reality is everyone you meet is not your friend, y'all. Not your friend, okay? So just because I know you doesn't necessarily mean that you and I have a friendship. You could still be a stranger to me, but you just know my name. You could be a stranger to me And we happen to know the same people, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we are friends. You and I could have hung out maybe once or twice, maybe had a a phone call every now and then, but maybe you're just an acquaintance. And so the things that I expect of the people in my circle of intimacy, like my best friend and my family, I may not expect that thing of someone who was just an acquaintance. And it's the same vice versa. If I feel like I'm more of an acquaintance to you, then I'm going to treat you accordingly. And so it's really important for us to take a step back when we think about friendship, because I think of this quote that U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy shares in his book, Lonely Together. He talks about how loneliness is like a hunger and a thirst. And I don't know about y'all, but I know when I'm really, really hungry, especially if I go to a restaurant, I'm like, can somebody bring me a basket of bread? And I'm waiting and I'm mad hungry and I'm just like, okay, I need another basket of bread. I want a second drink because I am just so starved that I will fill myself with anything you put in front of me and I haven't even gotten to my main course yet, which is the reason why I'm here. And when I think of loneliness in the context of friendships, some of us can be so lonely that we'll meet someone and assume that because we vibed well together, you're my bestie now, or you're my close friend now, instead of allowing space to see if this person even deserves to be in your circle of friendship. How has this person earned a right to now be upgraded to your circle of intimacy? And so when we're thinking of friendship, 
it's okay to remember that friendship falls on a spectrum. You're getting to know someone. And when you get to know someone, depending on how they show up in that relationship will help you determine how you grow together. And is this person going to continue to be just an acquaintance? Is this person who's just going to be my social friend who I call when, hey, this movie just came out, want to go see this movie or want to have brunch. And the last time we had brunch was three months ago. And that's okay because that's the nature of our relationship versus somebody who I'm really, really close with, someone who knows everything about me. The person who knows all my business, that is my close friend. So I want you to be thinking about this spectrum and I want you to be thinking about the people in your life and where do they fit? Because sometimes we're also left disappointed, annoyed, and frustrated because we are asking our acquaintances to show up as if they're our best friends. And sometimes we feel really disappointed by that because we're not really looking at the spectrum of friendship. Now I want us to move on to the third domain, which is our circle of participation. This circle represents our involvement in community activities, groups, and organizations. It highlights the importance of active participation and engagement with others in our community. So when you think of your circle of intimacy and you think of your circle of friendship, I want you to think about the people that you named and how you know them. Chances are you know them because you were a part of some sort of community system. You participated in some sort of system that allowed you to meet people. These systems could be maybe you met your partner when you went to university. Maybe they're your high school sweetheart. Maybe one of your really, really close friends used to be a former colleague or you still work together, right? You are participating in some sort of social space that allows you to meet people. I believe our circle of participation is extremely important for our mental health and well-being. And the reason why is because if I'm not participating in anything, if I am not being an active community member, if I am not doing the work of engaging in community, I won't have a circle of intimacy and I also won't have a circle of friendship. So I want you to be thinking about the spaces that you participate in because this is also how we gain social capital. I believe, as I shared earlier, like I said, everyone that you meet is not going to be your friend, but you might meet some people that you can network with. You might meet some people who can provide you with mentorship. You might meet some people who could invest in you in completely different ways and it just not be a friendship. So I want you to be thinking about your circle of participation. What are some support groups or community activities that you have been wanting to participate in and how can you level up and put yourself out there and do the thing, right? I also think this is really important for people who want to build friendships with others who are in the same social spaces as them, or I would say you feel compatible with because you're going in the same direction and you have the same interests. For example, I'm an author. I love to write. That is my career. And in my circle of intimacy and friendship, I don't really have a core group of people that I'm close with that loves writing as much as I do. 
I don't have people in my circle of intimacy or friendship who are authors. And so I had to put myself out there by going on meetup.com or reaching out to fellow authors on Instagram to build friendships and social relationships with these people because I knew they would understand a particular domain of my life, which is writing, right? And so let's say you have something you aspire to do or a particular goal you want to meet and you might look to your left and look to your right and say, dag, like the people in my intimate circle and the friends that I know at the moment, they're not interested in this particular thing. And I really want to surround myself with people who have the same interests. And so how can you utilize social media as well as other platforms out there to meet people who have the same interests as you? So I want you to be thinking about your circle of participation and consider two particular things that you want to pursue. And what are the networks that you need to expose yourself to so that you can meet people in this particular domain of life? Now let's move on to our circle of exchange. Simply put, this is your paid and professional networks that exist within your community. So to give you an example of that, your therapist exists within your circle of exchange. This is someone that you pay for therapeutic support. And the reason why it's so important for us to understand who exists in our circle of exchange is because, to use that example of having a therapist, sometimes we realize our mental health is suffering and we want our friends to support us. But the thing is, our friends are not mental health professionals. So having a circle of exchange helps us use discernment to know who should I go to when I am having X problem? If I stub my toe and I realize my toe is broken, I'm not going to call my friend to help me fix my broken toe. I will most likely go to urgent care or to the ER because that is the person that exists within my paid and professional network. And this thing exists in my community so that I could have mental health care, physical care, and have my needs met in a particular way that the people in my circle of intimacy cannot show up for me. So I want you to be thinking about who exists in your paid and professional networks. And that is because our social infrastructure is important. Being able to rely on resources that exist in your community also plays a role in your mental health. Is there a gym? Is there a spa? Is there greenery? Are there parks that you can walk around in, right? I want you to be thinking about the things that exist around you and how that can also be a part of your mental health toolkit. When you need to take care of yourself, when you need to enhance your well-being, sometimes the people in our circle of intimacy and circle of friendship may not be sustainable or useful depending on what we're dealing with. But when we recognize who exists in our circle of exchange, we can now use discernment to know who takes care of what. So that is what our circle of support is. I'm going to break those four things down for you again. The first domain is your circle of intimacy. The second domain is your circle of friendship. The third domain is your circle of participation. And the last domain is your circle of exchange. That's all for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you just listened to, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast on your preferred platform. 
Also, don't forget to share it with a friend and on social media. To stay connected with me and my work, follow me on social media and subscribe to the Mindful with Mina newsletter, which can be found on my website, www.minab.com. You can also continue learning from me by ordering my book, Owning Our Struggles, which is available at all major book retailers. Stay tuned for a new episode next week, and most importantly, remember to be present and stay mindful. Take care and goodbye for now.